Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 140. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. And Dom. Until Dawn. That was a good one. That was a good game. Man, I'm, I'm really excited for Man and Madon. We don't have a release date yet. The anthology? Well, that's why I just gave a bit of an outburst a minute before we started recording because we might. It might be this summer. But I think on else? the latest trailer they marked summer 2019, but ah. summer is what, three months, right? It's from June to August? Or is it That May? sounds right. Yeah. I think June. It starts June 20th, right? Because I have my kid version of summer, which is after school ends till when school right. begins, but yeah. I don't know the actual, like month to month um yeah so let's talk about what we've been playing uh dom you want to let us know uh basically nothing um instead of trying to basically not play sekiro and end up in the same spot i was last week i actually spent a little bit of time i said you know what i'm just gonna switch it up and go into what i actually i don't know if comparably a more approachable game I think Ooh, I think some people uh, might argue with you on right. that. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite the right way to, but I don't know. But anyway, so I played about an hour of Red Dead Redemption too. So I started it. So I, you know, that's nothing. Right? <clears throat> I uh, think Red Dead's game. still an immensely more approachable game. Like, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, that's kind of the frame of mindset I was going into it with. Like, okay, I just, I don't know. I, I just played so much Kingdom Hearts three in such a short amount of time, and I just don't have like a lot of good chunks to time that I'm going to be able to sink in a Sekiro in the near future. You know what? I'm just going to knock out Red Dead. Um, especially, like, you know, I just want to sit back and, like, this is just get a good story and just whatever. We'll see how it goes and just kind of be in awe a little bit of what's going on here. That's about what I know, know of it so far. So I'm just, I'm just going to get this done. Did you get past the prologue? The snow area? No. So, I mean, oh. I, I saved, like, you know, Sadie Adler epi- and... Epilogue? No prologue. Say and John Marston or whatever. Yeah, it's it's uh it's funny. The first thing I thought in the first little bit here is like, wow, this is a uh, this is The Walking Dead, you guys, just without zombies, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> if yeah, you, currently. No. I mean, maybe with more interesting characters, no. but <laughs> granted, that's what just about the... John Marston? Yeah, have and... you got to him yet? Have you yeah, saved I just, John? I just saved him, man. He was dying on the edge Jordan. of this cliff. Yeah, that was a good. <laughs> Solid John Marston, huh? You like that? It's very, uh, I mean, The Walking Dead is a bit of a joke, I guess, because I'm sure it obviously goes into different things there. But, like, it's, you know, you're with your group and you're trying to survive and there's some other groups who, like, you're feuding with and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, there's not really authority that I can tell. It's just kind of like you're out in the wilderness by, I don't know, it's this kind of story. I don't know anything about Westerns or anything about Red Dead Redemption in any capacity, really, so I'm like, this is an interesting kind of story so far. Uh, they're just trying to survive the, at this point, but yeah. I will say it takes a turn. I thought that was interesting. I, I imagine. A lot of people thought that was boring at the beginning, where it's like, we got to figure our way through this, you know, or we got to figure it. our way through this, Dutch! <laughs> um, but uh, it's they're struggling at the beginning, and it is snow. It's not like your typical cowboy stuff, so a lot of people seem to think that was boring, but then it does take a turn. Yeah, I'm excited for where where it'll go. I mean, Jared always raved about the the story, so I'm pretty pumped. And and it's kind of every all I can really say about it critically so far is like everything is so damn dense. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like everything yeah. that happens and everything you do just yeah. feels so <clears throat> like deliberate and slow and plotting and like 
not i don't mean that as a bad thing though it's i'm really into it like it, i don't know it's really just the movement it feels better than gta 5 i can say that without a doubt like it just feels better to move around um but it's really cool i don't know it's just everything that i'm like well, this is fucking sweet already i don't know we'll see it's shooting was kind of like eh, whatever we'll see how that gets better maybe but I don't know. this is the first time you're playing it period right you had never like popped in yeah. a disc before and messed around there's a current debacle going on i don't know if you've seen it where a, a recent update for red dead 2 apparently like nerfed the graphic fidelity a little bit um uh. And to be honest, I didn't read into the story, so I don't know if it's PC-centric or if it's all versions of the update, but people were doing comparison screenshots, and uh, yeah, there was a graphics downgrade. It's not major, but it's noticeable, so it's it very weird. Obviously, you have it's no comparison. Yeah. Yeah, and that could be... I mean, there's versions too, right? Like, there was a exactly. thing on... Uh, I don't remember what game, but like between... Or it was like Batman Return to Arkham or whatever, where like the PS4 Pro version was actually kind of worse than the regular PS4 one. So like sometimes there's weird variations of that kind of stuff. So People but, argue that the remaster is worse than the original with those games too. Uh, the, yeah, the so sometimes there's weirdness there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't have anything to Are like compare ever, to. So. Did they ever confirm that they're actually working with a true HDR picture now? They I have no that. idea. I have no well, idea. Well, when I when I booted it up, it asked me like, "You want to turn on HDR?" and it had me calibrate well, the that HDR. Was, so <laughs> that was the thing, Dom. Is they at the at the start of the game or when the game first came out, I should say at launch, um, the HDR option was always there from launch. But what was happening was people found okay, out they I were taking this. an SDR picture and and turning it into HDR so it's it looks better than a regular picture but it's still it's yeah. almost like up from 1080 to 4k like yeah it looks better than 1080p but it's still a 1080p source that you're using mm. no I don't know I gotta play more I'm gonna actually have some significant time in place this weekend to, to play so I'm pretty excited to see how it goes awesome yeah. uh, is there anything did you watch anything interesting or play anything else no man no. that was that was it. I don't know what what's to watch in the world. I have a gripe, uh, Dom, real quick, because I know Jordan doesn't care <laughs> about this, but this is going to be the second year in a row where Avengers is coming out the day of the first round of the NFL draft, which sucks for me because like I love watching the NFL draft and I also love mm-hmm. the Avengers, so I'm missing it two years in a row. So it's kind of sucky. Can you do both? Well, no, because uh, this is an interesting thing I wanted to ask you too, Jordan. I don't know if you're going opening day, Dom. Uh, Jordan, you have your opening night tickets, right, for Avengers? No, not yet. No? Okay, so for my theater, uh, it's an AMC. Uh, instead of, you know, normally for them, they're usually all around 7 o'clock um, for the yeah. early midnight. Um, for Avengers, I'm assuming because it's a three-hour movie, all of them were 6 o'clock. Across the board, huh. there was no 7 o'clock. Yeah, very weird. Um, so the and the NFL so draft starts my, at six too, so I can't <laughs> I have to miss out on it. But yeah, it's funny. I actually go to the theater that I grew up going to in the suburbs of Nashville, even though I live in the city now. Yeah, because uh, it's it's still only fifteen minutes from my house, and so because uh, that's where the Dolby is, the that's where the AMC theater is in Nashville. They just have Regal, so um, the. But that specific uh, theater in the suburbs does not post their showings until, like, way, way close to the actual, hmm. you know, date or whatever. It's so fucking obnoxious, dude. At least you have okay, a Dolby, so though. See. 
All I have is a Let's 2D see. IMAX. You know, I wish I had a Dolby. I've got options. Oh. I don't have either of those Thursday things. Night. <laughs> that Thursday night, I've got options. Um, Dolby for 6 and 10 o'clock. You're right. It Man. probably is because of the length. While hmm. we're talking about this shit, let me gripe really quick. Not only do I not have IMAX or Dolby at, at our theater here, but they just spent a million dollars to renovate the theater. And, like, you know, like, did, like, it looks nicer and it feels nicer and it's all new stuff. Like, you know, regular renovation stuff, but they didn't upgrade the screens or the sound systems or any of the shit that I actually care about. Yeah. Do they, There's, do they, heated seats, though. They added heated seats instead. I mean, I don't know if that's instead of, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the theater. like. Priorities. <laughs> it looks like they might be doing a double feature, dude, with Infinity War. Ooh. Also. That's That'd tempting. Cool. I did that for Incredibles. That was actually pretty cool. That sounds sweet. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry to go off on that tangent. Uh, Anyways. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jordan, you said you played quite a bit, so hit us up with all of that goodness. Yeah, so um, I did play uh, Sekido, um, and it's one of those things, man, where... <laughs> No, Pre- pregnant with me, pause. Stick with me, stick yeah. with me. This is not going to be like a Jordan thing like you think it's going to be. I'm going to get there with this game, but it's taking me even longer than Bloodborne. And uh, Bloodborne took me a second to learn, and it clicked once it did. Uh, and this is clicking, but it's like it's over a longer period of time, and it is, like I said, taking me a little bit longer to. Um, kind of get the hang of I guess is the best way to put it and I really haven't progressed I'm just trying to get a grip on the game I'm still not there with um, the deflection and the parry system and to be honest uh, I'm really I've just been thinking a lot recently about controller uh, input lag and um, also lag um, you know between my whatever system I'm playing on in my television. Um, it's not something that I think I'm ever going to really try to, like, nail down until I have, like, you know, a bunch of extra money to spend on it. Um, but I've talked plenty about uh, sync issues on my Joy-Cons with my uh, Nintendo Switch, which is an absolute issue. Like, you can just tell when you're playing Mario Kart and you're left stick analog stick stops working to control your character it's pretty obvious but uh, with this it's just such a pinpoint precise uh, major aspect mechanically of the game uh, with the, the parry system and so I'm still trying to get that down and I'm not blaming any issues on uh, input lag uh, but it's just something that I've been more conscious of thinking about um, because it's hard for me to get and that timing the, so far. The tough thing about that too is like it's not even necessarily always you spend more money on a better TV or whatever that it's better. Like a lot of times it's the opposite. Like you get a better TV, it has like more of those weird features that slows it down. There's, now, if you go like those, gaming monitor type deal, if you spend a lot, it'd probably be the best option. Right. I, That's, I almost didn't even try to go into it because it is such a complicated, uh, like tricky, minutia yeah. type issue. Um, really nitty gritty stuff there but yeah like I said when you're playing games like this it does uh, 
make you think about it sometimes. Imagine with the um, streaming too that we're eventually gonna have to be yeah not have to be using, but you know. That's what I was also about to say, or uh, just that, you know, the with the streaming conversation obviously coming about with both Microsoft and Google jumping in the game, uh, input lag has certainly been part of that conversation. So that's another reason why it's been on my mind. And so um, it's weird how I think, you know, Sekido is showing me that I pr I'm probably just unfortunately used to it in other games, which is not good. You know, it's oh, good point. Yeah, that mm -hmm. that I'm just like not even able to notice it because I hate I hate when I like realize I'm doing something like that with my audio video setup where it's like, oh shit! I thought I was watching in 4K, but really I was I was using HDMI that could only <laughs> go up to 1080p or something like that. You know, it's like fucking dumb dumb idiot you know but uh i did that too i went through that <laughs> with yeah, 720 so to like, 1080 it was like oh man right, you're like dude i'm watching the best shit and it's like well <laughs> youtube's like not even running at 1080 right now but anyways it keeps um, you honest with yourself though about like right 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 how much it really matters or whatever i mean right yeah. exactly so how much of it is in your um, head yeah. yeah and that's a, the best point dom is sometimes i just have to kind of like sit myself down and be honest and be like look I don't have the time or money to really, like I said, nail this down. And yeah, to be honest with myself, it hasn't mattered that much. Just like certain things, certain things I want the best. I want to get better. I want to get the upgraded version, right? And some things really fucking are good enough. It's like sometimes you want to have the name brand food and sometimes the store brand really is good enough, you know? So... Um, I've just been thinking about that with Sekiro, but anyways, kind of, kind of a tangent there, but nonetheless important. Like I said, even with the streaming conversations we've been having, uh, so not a whole lot of progress in Sekiro, but I've been playing a lot on my Switch. Uh, talking to you guys about how I've been thinking more and more about a possible Pro model and how cool that would be, but um, <clears throat> been playing uh, plenty of Final Fantasy VII. And trying to catch back up to where I was on the PS4 version, um, which is going pretty quickly because uh, I'm obviously just kind of like having something on my TV in the background, and um, but at the same time I'm using the times three speed, uh, which is a plus of you know playing these older games on modern consoles. Mm. One of the pluses, at least, um, you can do you can click the left stick in I think to turn off combat and click both sticks in to do uh, faster speed or vice versa but um, it's nice having that there there's different a um, couple of different modifiers that you can use on there so um, that is nice and uh, enjoying the game man it's cool there's something where like playing these older JRPGs, right? Especially the PS1 versions. They're obviously ugly as sin, right? These character models. The thing about the character models of Final Fantasy VII, and I'm not even sure about the other PS1 Final Fantasy games, but Final Fantasy VII, they do not need to look as ugly as they do. Like, <laughs> their arms are misshapen, to where the they have like the fat forearms and the skinny upper arms and it's mm -hmm. like 
It's like diamonds. The thing is, if you look at Tifa, because of her character design, before she ever got put into the game, and the uh, articles of clothing that she's wearing, the accessories, they weren't able to make her shaped like the other characters, and therefore she looks better. Also, Barrett. The ones that aren't able to look like the standard version of characters that they have in these games look better because, for whatever reason, the default that they chose is stupid and poorly designed. <laughs> it's like fat, fat legs and like really fat forearms, and then their uh, their hands are just you know like spheres. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to look like that, as evidenced by you know other characters in the game. So um, that's part of the polygonal thing. It's not all just the limitations of the console, for example. And of course, you you could still do like beautiful two D on PS One, uh, but that's not what they decided to go with. Anyways, point I'm getting at. Um, not just in the polygonal area in any of these, especially old JRPGs, but there's other games of this type back in that day. Um, a lot of it is about using your imagination as far as the visual aspect of the game goes because um, basically what they're giving you is uh, representative avatars of a more intricate character. Um, and the same thing goes for the world and the, the uh, things that inhabit it. So um, I actually really, really enjoy going back to these older games that don't have the ability to wow you visually and uh, using my imagination to kind of build out the world especially like I said the Japanese role-playing games that are like kind of anime based and if they have the character art in them uh, to symbolize the character as well which most of them do um, it really bridges that connection and then another thing I've been uh, enjoying is going through some of the art books that I have or looking online and just looking up character art and filling out that um, design kind of like the imagination that I'm using in my head and uh, it helps uh, improve the experience so when they're when they have this epic fantasy um, storyline and lore going on it doesn't there's not as much of a disconnect because if you did just take it really literal as far as like all oh, these ugly polygon figures are talking about this epic fantasy it does kind of seem stupid uh, but when you fill it in fill in the gaps with your imagination it can be quite fun so I've really been enjoying that um, not just with Final Fantasy with plenty of games and uh, the Switch is a great uh, play to, way, place to play uh, some of that stuff so and then, uh, besides that, Jared, you'll be happy to hear that I have returned to the world of Hallow Nest. Oh, yes, yes, you have. Hell yes. Dom. Dom responds. Dude, that's a, it's, a so, great, it's a great game. Excellent. Ooh. So, for those that don't understand what I'm saying, Hallow Nest is the, I guess, right, Jared or Dom, whoever, is the name of the world in Hollow Knight? As far as I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I would put it, yeah. Um, so, and then you have different areas. Um, so, also, I can't choose whether, maybe, 
if you guys have heard like the developers speak the name of the opening town, either Dirtmouth or Dirtmouth. Because this is clearly Lovecraftian influence, this game, right? Yeah. And uh, one of his most famous stories is The Shadow Over Innsmouth, but it's spelled Innsmouth, right? Um, I love things like this. Thing. Why am I talking I always about read this? it. Yeah, why am I talking about this? But I read it Hollow as Hollow Knight mouth. has a deep lore. Yeah. I think Hollow it's... Hollow Knight has a thick and <laughs> and uh, decadent lore. I, I think it's both, Jordan. I think it's probably a nod, right? But I do think because yeah. it's like a bug-type world, it's like, oh, it's a dirt mouth, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's also like this game is hard as nails, so you get like kicked down in the dirt a lot <laughs> yeah i really think of it that way like yeah you're gonna get knocked on your ass and have a mouthful of dirt a lot um kind of like dark souls saying prepare to die type of thing um so anyways uh i returned to hollow knight because it's a game that i wanted to get back to i never wanted to stop playing on switch i have really enjoyed um but i will say this uh, once I got the dash mechanic after beating Hornet, who is the star of the upcoming Hollow Knight Silk Song sequel, um, that opens up the game a lot and fully completes the circle of it being the 2D Bloodborne clone <laughs> that we all wanted and deserved. Um, because it's already got like the lore and vibe and sound and feel of Bloodborne. And now you have the dash. It's like, it's so perfect, dude. And it's one of those things, I don't think it's as severe as uh, Sunset Overdrive, where the fact that you have to wait multiple hours to get the dash in that game is legitimately almost like, not game-breaking, but it's it severely hurts the game and the fact that there's pr probably tons of people that put that game down before they ever get the dash and would most likely not have done that if the dash had been there from the start right i don't think it's as severe as that i get why they didn't want you to do that there's certain areas that you can't access until you get the dash things like that uh but it does open up not only the combat but the world and just the feel of the game so much uh that i wonder if they couldn't have included it maybe a little bit earlier because you don't get it until the second area right when it's in the second area which is the the jungly like green area yeah, i can't i keep forgetting what it's called they do have like everything is memorable in hollow knight i just can't remember what it's called because it has such an intricate name you know yeah, what i mean i don't remember it either. Um, <laughs> yeah so um and another thing is like i've kind of ventured into some of the other areas but i'm fully exploring each area trying to get the secrets trying to defeat each boss and mini boss and uh, kind of spread out the map as far as I can go before I enter a new area. So I'll kind of bump up against these other areas and even just seeing kind of the tip of the iceberg, they've, it's so cool to see how diverse the um, environments are because you think of a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, that's an awesome fucking game, right? But it really does have like here's the desert level, here's the snow level, here's green the path open by the way plains level. Yeah, green path. Thank you, Jared. Um, is the name of the second area in Hollow Knight. Um, but like a game like Horizon really does have your touchstone video game uh, areas and environments, right? 
and tons of games used to do this. Breath of the Wild, that came out at the same time, pretty much does the same thing. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but Hollow Knight is a perfect example of a simplistic game in a lot of rights uh, that at the same time is very diverse and creative, truly creative in its uh, environmental design. And that's, you know, creativity is all over, especially in the video game industry, but there's still plenty of sameness that I think is unnecessary because of the fact that the people that are making the games truly are creative in so many ways. So I like seeing a team, however small it may be, like in Hollow Knight's situation, that is willing to uh, kind of um, use their imagination and truly uh, bring something to life that is uh, fresh and creative, which is um, unfortunately a little too too few and far between so um enjoying my time back with hollow knight excited for the sequel and was kind of looking at uh the different dlc packs that they're all free um so they're on the switch version obviously and um just looking at what they have you know extra bosses and characters to meet and this is very similar to bloodborne in its story there's no cutscenes or um you know like big story segments you're just picking it up as you go along reading script off of a, a statue or meeting one of these quirky characters along the way so um, that's going to be a fun adventure to um, you know be moving throughout this world and um, going through all that different extra content before uh, the sequel comes out so yeah really enjoying it that's awesome. Now you want me. I I really want to go back to it now too and finish it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How much have you? You haven't finished it, Jared. No. So I think Dom, you you beat it, right? Not a hundred percent, quote unquote, yeah. but you beat it. Um, yeah. I'm. I would say probably like seventy percent through Jordan, maybe sixty five. Yeah. From yeah. I remember what Dom was saying when he was talking about playing through it. I, I'm probably about like 70 percent through. Subways. Yeah. I will say, I was a little bit further along than I realized because I was like, man, I've only just done the first area of um, the game, but I didn't realize how thoroughly I had explored. Yeah. Um, and it's like Bloodborne again in the sense that once you start understanding how the game works, how the world works, what the whole deal is, what it's all about, you feel more comfortable, not in the sense that, oh, I can just beat anybody's ass because it's very difficult, but you feel comfortable exploring. You feel like, okay, I'm acclimated. Okay, I belong here. I at least know what I'm doing. Yeah. And so you're not just like peeking around every corner like, oh, should I go down here? What should I do? It's like, no, okay, I'm going to go down here, explore this part of the map check out that boss if he's too tough I'll come back later then I'm gonna go okay there's probably secrets up here you know it's like you know where the benches probably are and stuff like that the benches are are the uh, resting areas um, so yeah so much like Bloodborne dude I'm so it's like I'm just so glad that uh, the people that aren't into Dark Souls like me still have a really cool 2D clone because there's plenty of 
2D Dark Souls clones. But now we have one to call our own, you know, in the Bloodborne community. So yeah, and the, the cool thing is, uh, Katana Zero might be a 2D of Sekiro. Who knows? Depending on how that game goes. Oh yeah, oh, that's, that's a good point. An interesting point. Yeah, I, yeah. Not I. I think not as closely as like the way you express Hollow Knight Two, um, Bloodborne, yeah. but obviously the samurai similarities like, there. Do you guys feel that vibe though? How like you know, I completely get it. About we could talk about. Uh, Salt and Sanctuary, or Great game. Um, Neo. Like, Neo is Samurai Bloodborne, and Hollow Knight is 2D Bloodborne, and Salt and Sanctuary is 2D Dark Souls, and Lords of the Fallen is, um, you know, just a. Just kind of crap. Straight up clone. <laughs> Cuphead is Disney Sorry. Dark Souls. That would be rough, <laughs> yeah, but it was. It's, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't like that game. <laughs> I. Here's the thing, Dom, with Lords of the Fallen. In a world where Dark Souls doesn't exist, I would be completely content with Lords of the Fallen. You're probably right, yeah. But because I played it after think... playing Dark Souls, it's a fine game. I don't think it's a bad game, but it just... Lords of the Fallen is probably great for those people that love Dark Souls so goddamn much. And you guys love it a lot, right? But like yeah. ten times more than you guys to where they're like, I have to play it more. They've beat it like 12 times. They keep beating it, keep beating it. All Every single one in the series, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, whichever one, they're playing the clones, and it's like, you know what? This is not nearly as good as that game that I'm fucking obsessed with, but while I'm waiting on the sequel, waiting on Sekiro, their next game, whatever, people probably dig that shit. You know, it's probably, like, really nice to have those... Um, it's like to get your fix, you know, while you're yeah. waiting on that next one. I, and I think, I think I, the people who like really just love Souls, right? I think completely. But the people who are like the elitists, they're not touching that. They'll play Dark Souls fifty million times. You know, the gatekeeper elitist Maybe. guys that are not even planning on even the trying gatekeeper it. Gatekeeper elitists. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like something in Dark Souls. The gatekeeper elitist, yeah. Um, is there anything else, Jordan, or should I dive in? No, I talked forever, but yeah, I did play a whole bunch, so that was, you know, it was a good old time. Now I really want to play Hollow Knight. Damn you. Do it. Um, Do it. So, I didn't, I don't have too much to report on this week. Uh, the anime thing I want to talk about is I, I binged through the first season of My Hero Academia. <sighs> Love it so much. Um, I just watched a movie recently. I didn't mention that. That was I, fun. It's a good movie, man. Yeah, I'm planning. I looked up the uh, chronological order, and I guess that movie takes place between seasons two and three. So once I finish the second season, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Um, yeah, I'm really loving it. Interesting. Uh, I don't want to go too far on it. I know <laughs> Dom is not interested at all, and Jordan, you already know what it is. But yeah, really enjoying it. Um, outside of Deku and All Might, uh, Jordan. Who would you say is, like, your favorite of, like, the B-list kids? And mind you, I've only seen the first season, so. For me, I'll, I'll, while yeah. you're thinking, I just posed the question. You're, like, having to think between 20 people. Um, yeah. For me, it's either Bakugo or if we're talking, like, actual B-list characters, I really like the bird dude. Like, the normal person with the bird head with, like, the black magic arms that he pulls out of his cape. Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> fucking awesome so then you have um bakugo's the rival right yeah grenade hands and then but then the guy that well maybe he starts hanging out with him in the second season but 
the dude that can harden his skin. Oh yeah, I don't know his name. Um, like his arms and uh, like sharpen up real quick. That that dude's really cool. Um, the chick that like they definitely oversexualize her, but it's cool. The chick that can. Um, materialize things oh, out yeah. of her body. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of like Adam Eve in the the power section. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool heroes there that are just on screen for a couple seconds or whatever that aren't even like some of them are like the teachers, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, season two has some cool shit, and then uh, I think it gets better as it goes along. So, like, I think you're in for a treat, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Um, I think the sexualization thing is okay because there's a little purple guy that kind of pokes fun at it. He is the, like, the pervert, you know, the little purple guy that's constantly, like, looking at their boobs and stuff. It's like, okay, we get it. Self-reverential. Right. Yeah, good movie, too. Definitely watch that. So, yeah, dude, like, so glad that you're you're on the train. Yeah. And I'm not a huge. I like. I enjoy anime, but it's so hard for me to get into them. Um, so yeah, right. I'm super stoked. And it's not my favorite. Like I have series, even like ongoing ones. It's one of my favorite ongoing ones. But there's even ones right now that I like a lot more. But, yeah. Um, it's Bones, which is my favorite anime studio. Um, probably the best in the biz, man. Like like the most consistent. I mean, I could go through their their like filmography or whatever you want to call it. Um, but like, I'm also finishing up uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which I think is the most beautiful anime series I've ever seen, and it's like 60 episodes. Um, so they are like masters, and this is, um, <clears throat> in my personal opinion, not my not their best work, not my favorite work of theirs. But it doesn't mean that it isn't like fucking insanely good. You know what I mean? I'm also yeah watching soul eater uh which is another just like their series are so so well done so yeah that's a whole whole other <laughs> thing like anime studios but awesome awesome shit um so, yeah. so i played a lot of apex legends uh one of the cool things that happened is me and my friends won five games in a row which we were actually really Damn. surprised by yeah i mean it's hard enough to yeah. win one game in in uh battle royale we won five in a row we were just on a hot streak had to get one yeah. for the finger. That's a sports championship reference. Um, but, yeah, so it was really cool just to – when you're riding those highs in video games, um, I mean, Dom, you probably remember back in the day playing COD 4 when you'd have those runs where you're just dominating kids. This feels so good. Um, it was really just all the time, Jared, I'll be honest. <laughs> it, was just, it was a constant motion or, or state, you know? Yeah. Never, never alleviated at all. Uh, <laughs> so instead of uh... – the sports reference how about you were gathering infinity stones uh, i came up one short though didn't get that time stone i was yeah. one short uh the other yeah. th- with sekiro Should've so we- for the head Ooh. <laughs> that's funny because like in fps you know headshots do more damage right. so that's right. yeah right. uh Jesus. all right let's go <laughs> anyways uh played sekiro i don't want to talk too much about it because obviously uh i'm still pre- uh, like I don't know how far ahead, but I still am ahead, so I don't want to, like, talk about spoilers or anything. Um, what I will say 
is that you know how there's uh, obviously this game's more RPG heavy in terms of you buy specific skills in, instead of like you upgrading characteristics. Um, what I found in this game, as opposed to the Souls games, is that uh, there was like a good hour and a half this week that I just grinded enemies and. Uh, because you build up that bar to upgrade uh, and earn skill points. And I don't really do that in Souls games. Yeah, I've, I've grinded enemies for specific items for, like, achievements, or I've grinded uh, an area a couple of times to get the little bit of souls I need to level up. But I've never just, like, actively been like, I'm just going to go over this area, reset, go over this area, just to build up those points to get the upgrades. Um, yeah. And what I'm finding is it's actually making me better at the game because though this area isn't full of extremely difficult enemies, I'm just constantly using the parry mechanic and I'm training my brain to get over the soul's way of thinking. And though I'm not completely there, which is crazy because I'm like 10 hours into this game by now, it's, it's, it's clicking a lot more and the grinding is helping twofold because... I'm getting way more comfortable with the game, and I'm building up these skills to unlock. There's one I'm trying to save for specifically, that whenever you get a death blow, you recover some of your health. And because I was looking through them, I was like, yeah. which one of these can help me currently? Like, I don't need all of them. Obviously, it's a little overkill. But which ones will be most beneficial? And that one's super beneficial because often in the game, as we talked about, there's the mini bosses right before a boss or near a boss. So being able to death blow them. Uh, at the end of that engagement and gain some health back and not having to use as many pellets or the gourd uh, is great. So I haven't so made a lot of pro forward progress, but... You are grinding this game. It's funny. We're like in the same position of not really progressing, but I do almost feel like this is the least like made for grinding of the Soulsborne type games or the yeah, games. I'm not doing it. I, I'm not doing it by need. I'm doing it more by choice. Uh, I, I don't feel the need to but grind. No, that's what I'm saying. Is it's like it's not even set up that way. Yeah. As much as the other games are. So is it still like allowing for that? I guess. It it is. Um, I found a really good area near uh the top of Ashina Castle, uh where there's a good mix of like medium level enemies in terms of a different race your regular samurai guys and then a couple of the big boys with the hammers so running Oy. through that gets me a decent amount of it's not even the currency i'm worried about the sen like i i have a decent amount but it's not a whole lot it's the yeah. xp points for my level ups and i'm just trying to get enough to get that one upgrade i think it's five points and i'm at four so i'm just gonna do it i a, guess that's run the it thing get it because you could just like travel to the different uh rest points whatever they're called but the reason i don't think of it as uh grindable i guess is the best way to put it as the other games are is because you're risking more like yeah. you if you die you might get your shit back you know you have the percentage of how much how uh often you'll get your shit back or whatever um but the other games if you die you can you just have the chance to go and you know, pick your soul up basically and regain your stuff. So, um, has that been like worrisome? Are you a little more on edge about dying? Cause it's like, I really need to, um, save myself here. Cause it's only a certain percentage of if I'm going to be able to get my stuff back, all this stuff that I'm trying to farm. Yeah. So I, sometimes I'm, I'm, 
sometimes I'm pretty neurotic when it comes to this type of stuff. So when I was finding an area to grind, I wanted to make sure it was an area that I was a comfortable in, but B had um, ways of getting out of altercations in case I did screw up or wasn't paying attention or did miss something um, because I don't want to die, like you said, because you lose so much. So the area that, I, that I'm talking about, it's right after one of the first major boss fights. It has a lot of areas to stealth. So I'm ballparking here. It's not the exact number, but there's like 10 normal guys, three medium guys, and the two big guys. And I can stealth kill all of them uh, except for two of the regular guys. Obviously, it takes a little bit longer, but... I'm doing this while I'm listening to a podcast or something. It's a very safe area for me. I already have the method down, so I'm completely yeah. comfortable in my surroundings. I wouldn't have picked an area where there was where I wasn't completely comfortable okay. because of what you said. So we're get we're getting to the heart of what I was trying to figure out, which is like how the fuck do you grind in this game? It's <laughs> yeah. like you you have to be specific about it. Like it's not just like you pick an area in Bloodborne, or I'm, I'm sure in Souls or whatever, and you're like, all right, I'm going to beat these guys. If I get killed, then I'll just run back, grab my soul, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Because that is the point. You can just go back in Souls. You can just – you're like, I'm not grinding anymore, but I'm going to run in real quick, grab my souls, and dip. This game, you don't have that. It's like, no, if I die, I lose half my stuff or, you know, highly likely. There's an unseen aid, but yeah. yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, like I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on that. Uh, my Hero Academia was the biggest thing. Um, and I'm, I'm, oh, I finished season two of Breaking Bad. Um, I'm still not to the point where I finished, where I stopped watching when I initially was watching it. Um, spoilers if you haven't watched Breaking Bad for 15 seconds. The last thing I remember when I last watched it was when Walt was with Gus underneath El Pollo Loco or whatever, and he was showing him like where they stash everything. That was like the last episode I remember watching. And obviously, season two ends with the plane crash, right? So, I'm not there yet. Yeah, your location's a little mixed, but I think I know what you mean. Uh, it's all right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> when yeah, he was with matter. Gus and they were looking at stuff, wherever yeah. that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I haven't been, gotten there yet. So, I'm still – a lot of this stuff I'm watching, I'm remembering it. Uh, I can't wait to get to the point where it's, like, actually new for me, you know? Because it's, like, hazy now, but wait, I, like, remember so... stuff. In season two, have they already started cooking in the underground thing? No, 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 no. That's so. That's the when he when Gus first introduced him to that. That's the last wow. thing I saw, but that was in season three. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that's where I am on on Breaking Bad. Uh, almost done with Punisher season two as well. Talked about it before. Not as good as the first season. Still okay. Slow. I'm not in a rush to finish it because of the whole thing, but I am going to finish it because I do enjoy John Bernthal, uh, especially when he barks like a dog. Billy Russo! <laughs> Love it. Love every minute of it. Um, it's pretty much it for what I've been playing. Let's hop into some news. First off, uh, the Sega Genesis Mini got announced. I know we're all excited. I can't wait to get this product. Um, all jokes aside, it's coming out September 19th this year for 80 bucks. So it's coming in cheaper than the PlayStation Classic, but more expensive than the NES Classic, right? Because the NES was 60. Um, it's going to have 40 games. They've only announced 10 of them. Now, out of these 10 games, there's a good number of games that I've never heard of and a lot of people haven't heard of. Um, but some of the, the choice selects in these first 10, we have Castlevania Bloodlines, which I've heard good things about. never played it myself. 
Uh, Sonic, obviously, the OG, you got to have that on there. Echo the Dolphin, people love. Uh, Altered Beast, which is like a divisive game. I hear people who love it, and I hear people who are like, that game is hot garbage. Um, and the original Toe Jam and Earl, which is kind of cool considering the new game come out uh, came out this year. I'm interested to see how this performs. It's out of a decent price point of 80 bucks. I just don't know where people sit with the Sega Genesis and how excited people are for this. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. Because, like, even the PlayStation Classic didn't perform, and that had games people absolutely adored, but the emulation was horrible, and the price point wasn't great either, and that didn't succeed. So, I wonder how this is going to fare. That's my biggest thing about these, like, classic mini consoles, whatever. It's just, how are they getting fucked up like this? How are they getting... One thing is, how do we not have a uh, digital pack on the modern counterpart of the console? You know, how are we, like... Let's just take PlayStation, for example. Like, how are you going to try to get me to buy this shitty throwback that you know is clearly half half ass when you can't even you know let me play ps1 games on the playstation 4 but jordan um, the nostalgia of having the little console in your house no i know <laughs> really all it is. i understand that that yeah. people might say oh well they don't want to hurt the the sales of this thing or whatever i think that people would if it's still a good box <clears throat> and it is cool looking and it in it looks like you said good on your entertainment center or whatever for the nostalgia factor I think people would still buy that but it's just it's weird that there's all this fuss over oh I want to play you know um, this classic Nintendo game on the SNES or NES classic Um, but we should just be able to play it on the Switch you know it's ridiculous personally I would like if they just released these consoles with nothing inside and they were like 10 bucks as like pieces for your house just to have i think that'd be cool then the games actually being included like you said i would much rather have a bundle that i could buy on a pc or the con uh, on my current consoles you know yeah 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 i mean there's a lot of improvements that could be made um it'd be nice if they had a little bit of hard drive space and you could connect to the PlayStation Store, but you only access the PlayStation 1 games that are available. That would be dope. You know, and, you know, stuff like that. That would be cool. There's there's lots of wasted potential with all of these. And, uh, yeah, they're just frustrating. And, and at the end of the day, they're pointless because you can play these games on your PC, regardless of the implications of emulation. You know, if you have a legally ripped ROM, let's say then you can easily do this on like a Raspberry Pi. That's basically all these are is just like a Raspberry Pi in a, in a fancy box, right? Yeah. So um, they're kind of senseless in that aspect. Uh, next up on the news, uh, this isn't a huge news story. Um, I was wrong. I said when they did their awful event and they didn't showcase any date, I was like, oh, for sure it's coming out in 2020, Borderlands 3. They wouldn't have not included a date if they weren't planning on releasing it this year. Turns out that was their plan all along. Uh, it's coming out September 13th of this year. The date was leaked a couple of days before. It was leaked on April Fool's, so people weren't sure <laughs> how to take the news. Uh, yeah. 
because of the that holiday. Not yeah. Yeah. So interesting release date. Um, we obviously don't know where everything else sits for the fall. September seems to be kind of safe, but if we remember in 2018, Tomb Raider came out in September, and I don't remember exactly what it was. Oh, it was next to Spider Man and something else. So. Borderlands 3 will sell. I don't I don't think there's a fear of it not selling, but I'm interested to see what else surrounds it. Um, because there is the argument of, like, does Borderlands still have the cachet it does? You talked about when the, the game was announced, Jordan, that this game seems years late. So it's going to be very interesting yeah. to see how it plays out on the open market. Um, there's a lot of discontent with, its, uh, with it being exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Um, that's a whole issue that people are having. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how things play out when we get more release dates in the fall. Um, is this the day you kind of expected? Also, Sorry, you can say whatever yeah, else. Is, yeah. I thought it, no, you're good. I thought it was going to come out this fall, even though I think it would be uh, enjoyed by lots of different ki- kids of all ages uh, during the summer. Um, but still, I also think that uh, I, you know it doesn't have battle royale. I think they should have a battle royale mode. You know, it's like, it's almost like they don't want to be with the times. They're like, no, we're doing our thing. It's like, maybe you should get with the times because there's just not, I know I'm going to play Borderlands 3, maybe launch day, maybe not. I'm going to have some fun, some amount of fun with Borderlands 3, but they've just not, wow. There's very, I think there's very few people that they've wowed. So that's that sucks. My friend who is the, I've talked about him before, like the Borderlands guy that I know, he talking to him, he says he's excited for the game, but you can tell it's one of those I'm just happy another Borderlands game exists kind of excited, you know? It's not like, yeah. oh, they're pushing that's, pushing Borderlands forward. Um That's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm just glad Man. that it finally fucking exists. I expected about September or October, but um I'm still I, I'm still flabbergasted that it, it's I, I was 50-50 that Borderlands 3 was going to be on the Switch um, but being that they ju- they're they remastering Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 2 is all over the place as well why aren't those games on the Switch I wish they would have sprung for that I don't know I think that's a that's well, a missed they opportunity had they should have done that time getting it on the Vita which obviously the Switch is more powerful than Vita yeah. I think Switch could probably run Borderlands 1 fine, um, even though they're janky games even on the original consoles, um, to an extent. Um, And it might be able to run Borderlands 2 or the pre-sequel, but it's certainly not going to be able to run Borderlands 3, so um, you don't want to, like, give people blue balls maybe, but um, I am, speaking of... I've thought about maybe hopping in for the Handsome Jack collection because I beat Borderlands 1 not too, maybe a year or two ago uh, when they um, originally talked about even starting Borderlands 3 and then um, got into the DLC packs and some of them are like the main Borderlands games you can play by yourself but it gets to the point in some of the DLC where it's like this is clearly meant for co-op. Um, kind of like overcooked, uh, just banging my head against brick wall. So um, I might go ahead and jump into the pre-sequel. Um, and if I don't like the pre-sequel, I probably wouldn't stick with that and just 
go uh, replay Borderlands 2. Um, but I, I want to be more excited about it. You know, I, I love Borderlands, obviously. So um, the biggest thing is if it gets great reviews, um, then I think it won't matter as much because it's like, hey, we got a great Borderlands game out now. We're playing it. And we can move on from there. Hopefully, not to Battleborn Two. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to be one of those games that's cross generational too. Like if we see it come over to next gen, you know, when those consoles oh, are released. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yeah. The funny enough, Borderlands Three was part of the Walmart Canada leak that happened last year. We we assumed Borderlands Three was in development, but it was on that list of games. And the only game that hasn't been revealed or, or talked about at all is Splinter Cell. Um, yep. And that that leak was huge. We have, you know, what I, I dubbed Walmart Canada League Part 2. It's not as valid, and it's not as, like, there's not as many games on it, but I still think it's interesting, and there is some weight to it. And uh, Wario, Wario 64 brought this to the attention of a lot of people, and basically what happened is uh, Best Buy employee shared images from their terminal of Switch SKUs um, for Persona 5 Switch, so obviously everyone lost yep. their minds. Persona yep. 5 coming to Switch, um, which is potentially possible considering persona 5r which is royale or the royal um which is ps4 exclusive but has bonus content so it makes sense that maybe playstation would loosen their grip with their own version their premium version uh the second one that was revealed was metroid prime trilogy we've actually discussed there was a, a leak about how metroid prime trilogy was supposed to come out earlier this year and debut at that first direct but because of the issues we heard about with Metroid Prime 4 and them having to switch development houses uh, to retro, um, that it kind of got shelved for the time being. So that one also is, is pretty valid. And the most surprising and shocking one at the end uh, was a link to the past for Switch. So everyone's assuming this is a port of the 3DS port. Um, and on top of this, multiple Best Buy employees around the country confirmed that these SKUs were also in their systems. So it does add some validity. Obviously, it's not concrete. Um, I just want to talk about these supposed leaks. For me, I'm Persona 5 Switch. I might actually end up playing a Persona game, which is dope. Uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy, we talked about that we haven't all... None of us have played it. And it's a game that I'll probably purchase closer to the release of 4 to play through. And uh, Link to the Past, I've never played either. So that would definitely have my interest as well if it was true. So, Ooh, You know... The most interesting part about all this I hadn't really considered just now until you mentioned, you started talking about Link to the Past, Jared. Um, the fact that it's on, it was a, a skew in Best Buy, that tells me it's not just, you know, a virtual console uh, emulation or whatever. So it's not going to be part of their uh, online, online service, for, yeah. certainly. And it won't even be just, you know, you can buy it digitally only either. Because um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that would be show up on Best Buy as a skew either. So... I mean, this signals maybe probably physical release, which is weird. I don't know. It that it just seems weird, and there wasn't any like remastered moniker or you know uh, anything like that along with it. It just said a link to the past. I, I don't know. It just it's just fishy. I wonder. What I'm, so the, the what only does mean I don't know. Link's Awakening doesn't say remastered either. Obviously, different game. True. But, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a. That's a 3DS game, right? I'm pretty no. sure that, well, that port... Wasn't it on 3DS? Well, obviously it wasn't no. originally, but the, the... Not a port. It was, it was ported, emulated. right? Emulated, okay. Yeah, okay. so not really a port, but... Um, but yeah, so to me, 
this says more than anything remake you know in the in the ways of uh, Link's Awakening more than anything based yeah on that. I don't know seems crazy so why not uh, to talk about Persona Jared <laughs> uh, so Persona 5 Royal let's call it right um, 5S it seems to right? be gold, like golden right where it's got the new female character and I'm sure it'll have other uh, little bells and whistles right uh, for PS4 do you think we're getting Persona 5 on Switch I'm convinced at this point for the sake of argument, let's say that's true. Um, are we getting like the royal version? You think on Switch? Do you think we're getting that extra character, or is it just going to be not a chance? I think I think the the deal that Atlas probably struck with PlayStation is that they would get the R version, and that it would release maybe not the same time, but around the same calendar year as the Switch version because. You know, Atlas and PlayStation are really close, and I think PlayStation kind of had a stranglehold on Persona, and it has for a long time. And I think they were like, "Well, there's actually a lot of uh, Persona games on Nintendo too." Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying. Sorry, the way I worded that seemed like they were only in partnership with, with, uh, with Sony and not not Nintendo. What I'm saying about also remember it's a spinoff of uh, Shin Megami Tensei, which is also on Nintendo too. Which we're still waiting for a reveal of the fifth one, right? Because I remember that was at the Nintendo Direct right. reveal for the Switch, but and we haven't I think seen anything that's since. That's a Switch exclusive, yeah. So it's weird, you know. There's like tendrils everywhere with these my uh, these companies. My my assumption is Persona Five R on uh, PlayStation this year, Persona Five on Switch this year. Next year, probably at the beginning of the year, Persona 5 R coming to Switch gives them a second uh, income Maybe of revenue. Like yeah, upgrade or whatever. Yeah. So you guys, do we know if there's an ex- a type of exclusivity deal for Persona with with Sony, or is it simply uh, Atlas just doesn't you know want to spend the money to you know put something out in a region where it's not going to sell or on we a platform don't... where it's not going to sell anyway, right? We don't know. I mean, there's no more Switches knows. in Japan than there are PS4s, so if they yeah. wanted to make more money, it would be on the Switch, right? right? So, so that makes sense. Obviously, you got to remind yeah. yourself that Persona 4, for five, that Persona <laughs> 5 is originally developed as a PS3 game yep. upgraded to PS4. So this is kind of an old-ass game when you really think about it. Um, that's why it's going to be able to run on the Switch yeah. in the first place. So... Um, this game, you know, the Switch was not even known to Atlas when they're developing Persona 5, for example, is what I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's out of the question for them to jump over to Switch as far as exclusivity goes. Uh, the Persona games are mainline PlayStation games, but then spin-offs are a lot on Switch. Kind of like Kingdom Hearts, actually. Um they've got the Persona Q games and the dancing uh, ones or whatever dancing games that are <laughs> yeah. on PlayStation so you know but I guess those have come to PC you know there's lots so of weird. different so, uh, permutations and lo- yeah. like I said this is a spinoff of a bigger series lots of different uh, spinoffs in the whole like Shimagami Tensei world so I, I it's not out of the question that you could see a Persona game like Persona 5 um, on Switch. 
to your question, Dom, we know it's not a, a like a strongly tied exclusivity. It's either timed or like a strong partnership because right. Joker was announced for Smash, right? So it can't be that like strongly Dude, uh, tied Dude, that's what really confirms it for me. Like, once he's coming to Smash, there's just no way they're not going to have him on the console. You know. It's a marketing tool. I guarantee you that's what the partnership is about. It's like, get this character in Smash and then try to release your game near or around when that character comes out, and it's built-in marketing. Yeah. Nintendo well, wins and the company wins. Because we're finally going to get the, it seems like, the real deal announcement. They've kind of teased a lot recently. Finally going to get the real deal on April 25th, it seems. Uh, but that's like... The character's coming out on Smash this month, right? Yeah, we don't know when. They just said April. So we're assuming, yeah, yeah So I would say the soonest we actually get to play Persona 5 on Switch would probably be, like, July. I think. July, August. That makes sense. Um, it wouldn't be a, a year in video games if we didn't have a possible Assassin's Creed leak. Um, <laughs> Real quick. Sorry to halt the train here. Tokyo Mirage, Mirage Sessions. Don't forget hashtag FE. Uh, Wii U exclusive crossover between Fire Emblem and uh, like, is it Persona or was it Shin Megami Tensei? That's a big bridge right there. Yeah. So. It, it'd be more shocking if it wasn't on the system as opposed to if it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's one of those things where I keep having to, uh, like, I sorry to break down the whole thing like this, but, like, I keep having to convince myself, like, yes, there's a way that Persona can do this <laughs> on the Switch. Yes, yes please. there's a way that it can happen. And then it's going to, like, we're going to be playing it soon enough, and it's going to be like, duh, of course. Like, once they announce the character for Smash, like, it's confirmed. But you just, like, there's always that that thing in your mind where it's like well we thought they were going to keep making UBR games but that just didn't seem to happen so. <laughs> to quote Dom sometimes it makes too much sense <laughs> exactly yeah. it makes yeah. too much sense Jared yeah. thank you okay yeah. I'm not crazy um, but so we've talked about funny enough our podcast started talking about the division and there's something tied yeah. to Assassin's Creed and Division 2 uh, we know for yeah. a while that Ubisoft likes to tease their following games in their big games that come out um, they kind of do a Pixar yeah. style. Pixar teases characters in their upcoming movie in the most recently released one. Uh, we saw in... Well, but they might also be, like, connecting the universe. There's a weird thing with, like, possible Pixar connected. Yeah, that's so. that's separate. I'm not talking to say about that. Just the teases. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that for, seems if, wild. For instance, Incredibles, uh, Incredibles 2 has the Duke Kaboom character that Keanu Reeves is going to be voicing in Toy Story 4, which is really cool. Um, so, oh, he's so you're in, not talking about like Pizza Planet being in, you know, some other. No, not not interconnectivity. In. Just teasing their next movies. We had Finding Nemo. Uh, Nemo was in uh, Monsters Inc. There's a lot of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I even forgot Totoro, which is not the same thing. But Totoro was in uh, Toy Story Three. I completely forgot about that. Um, which isn't the same thing. It just I completely forgot. Let's clean that up. Yeah. Um, so in Division Two, uh, a user found a poster. Um, obviously, they create a lot of assets for these games for fictional events taking place in the world. And one of these posters said Valhalla, and it was an event happening at the JFK Center in Washington D.C. And it had a globe in the middle. People are like, "Oh, this is just some dumb event that they made up for the game, whatever." 
It turns out when you zoom in on that globe, <laughs> it's the uh, the Apple of Eden from the Assassin's Creed series, the object. Totoro and Toy Story. <laughs> you didn't know that? It's clearly... No, it's just like, that's clearly a Japanese toy oh, yeah. <laughs> among American toys. Like, um, so funny. It, like, it looks like a meme, even though it's just like a real part of the movie. Somebody like photoshopped it in, yeah. Um, yeah. So the Apple of Eden object is obviously huge in AC lore. Um, kind of what interconnects most of the games, if not all of them. Um, so following up on this, uh, people are like, oh, what, does this mean like an Assassin's Creed game taking place in Norse mythology or in Norway or, you know, somewhere uh, in, in Europe? And so following this up, there was AC concept art that was found because the moment people found this, they're like, let's look through the entire internet for anything connecting Norse mythology to Assassin's Creed. And they ended up finding this professional concept art. And that's one I want to specify because there's plenty of people who do fan art. This isn't fan art. This is concept art. This is the type of art that people get hired to do for games, movies, anytime entertainment. Not saying that it's always hired on concept art. People can do it for their own portfolio. So this could not be like real. But it is concept art. It's like professional grade concept art. And it features uh, assassins fighting Vikings. And it's obviously in Norse scenery. And these images are all saved under Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. Obviously, there's more to the file names than that, but they're keyed in as uh, Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, um, which goes with the whole Norway, Norwegian uh, mythology theme. And the artist actually deflected any of the rumors about this being connected to a, a future Assassin's Creed game, saying that it was just a personal project. Because um, obviously, if it is real and he wasn't supposed to post these yet... He could be in trouble. If they are fake, he definitely wants to let say, people know that they are fake. Thor Ragnarok makes sense, right? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. But there are more than two subtitles for Norse. <laughs> than Valhalla based. and Ragnarok. <laughs> Valhalla and Ragnarok. There are more than two subtitles. There are so many cool words, right? Like Elysian Fields, things like that. It's just like there's so many cool words that you could be using, like that aren't Valhalla and Ragnarok, which seems like the only thing yeah, that you could possibly come up with. The only thing, th from a marketing standpoint, they're like, well, because of Thor Ragnarok, like, it's in the, the, you know, the general consensus zeitgeist of, like, when they know that that means Norse mythology, right? So I think yeah. it's just, like, kind of capturing, uh, capturing the level of interest through that word. I agree with you, they could use other words, but... It's funny, will we get an Assassin's Creed Ragnarok before God of War Ragnarok, you know? Um, or will we? Uh, we don't know. Exactly, we don't know. Um, to finish this up, Ubisoft has a history of teasing their next game. I, I, I already went through this with the Pixar movies. Um, the last part of evidence, because um, people go crazy with this stuff, is that people went to LinkedIn and started looking at when projects were ending and starting for people and when D Division 2 was in development and all this stuff. And it turns out that around the time that uh, Division 2 was finishing was when Ubisoft Montreal's pre-production was starting. Um, they're obviously one of the main, if not the main, Assassin's Creed studio. So it mm. does line up that their game could be teased in Division 2 if that, if that was the case. Obviously, we don't know if these rumors are correct. I kind of just wanted to talk about, not for too long... Um, does reg does you know Norse mythology is it excite us for an Assassin's Creed um, kind of setting and theme? Are we yes, <laughs> yes, yes, very much. Listen, uh, Odyssey, know. Odyssey was an awesome game. 
I can't wait to play Assassin's Creed Ragnarok via Google Stadia. <laughs> Good night. Oh, God. Jesus oh, God. Christ. Uh, so here's the thing. I'm just going to put <laughs> Japan... I'm going to put Japan in a drawer. J- Assassin's Creed Japan in a drawer. Oh, yeah. Okay? yeah. And I'm just going to let it lie... And then whenever it gets announced, because I always get excited, like, oh, there might be a little leak here. Here's some concept footage. Like, there's plenty of concept art of, you know, AC Japan. So it's like, people are always getting me excited about that. Oh, there was a little lore in the last game if you do this side quest. Like, I just need to put that away. And once it's officially announced, then I'll get excited. But yep, this seems, seems about right. I'm sure we'll have Assassin's Creed. Ragnarok or Valhalla, one of the two, uh, coming soon. So, you know, I'm I'm putting that dream of feudal Japan Assassin's Creed in the drawer too. I think that's yeah. honestly, I think they'll they'll resort to that when the series is not selling or like dipping. I Which think they'll I be like, hate, dude. yeah. Um, so I actually have one other dream place for me personally, and that's like ancient Mayan like Aztec culture. I think that would be dope. I would really enjoy that. Like, on some Road to El Dorado stuff. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie. I know of it. Yeah. 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 I just, I would love, like, a very jungly, very green, uh, like, place to be an assassin. You'd have a lot more wildlife, uh, a lot of wildlife you could use. Um, I wonder if you could, you know that weird ball game that they play where it's like a sideways hoop? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't know what it's called. Yeah, me neither. I just think it's a really cool setting. I don't think we've really had that much outside of, like, the Tomb Raider Uncharted's, right? No one's really explored that kind of Aztec mm-hmm. and Mayan, like, civilization, really. Yeah, it'd be super dope. Um, yeah, it's... None of these are really confirmed. If I was a betting man, if I had to put money on either the Assassin's Creed thing or the Best Buy thing being true, I would probably put more money on the Best Buy thing. But I think they're both like, you could put money on either of them. I just want more concrete information. The one that gets me more excited personally is the, I want to play Link to the Past. I want to play Persona 5 and Metroid Prime Trilogy. Oh man, Yeah. yeah. All three of those for me too. That would be awesome. Uh, if only we'll hear soon. That's, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a fun leak because yeah, I want all three of those things. I would be on top of all of it. Before we close out, real quick, Jordan, uh, we talked about obviously Persona Five on Switch possibly being announced by the end of the month. Do you think that's like a Persona specific announcement, or do you think that's included in like a direct we're gonna see? Uh, the they've Atlas Persona team already has uh, events set up April twenty fifth. That's why I said that. But do you think it's, like, in congruence with possibly a direct happening on the same... Is that a Thursday? Because usually directs happen on Thursdays, right? Let me check. It could be. It is a Thursday. It is a Thursday. I don't know. They've been doing, like, their own little things. Because they... What it is is they have um, kind of attached some stuff to anime specials. Yeah. Because uh, Persona 5 has its own anime. And so that's where these things have actually come into play, like being distributed. Um, the only reason I'm asking, Jordan, is people. 
not necessarily Persona 5 on Switch being announced on the at the Direct. That'll be the Persona thing. But, like, maybe they have the Direct where they talk about Joker and Smash, right? Like, they unveil him and his moves. Because yeah, it's... That's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Gonna be interesting. Interesting month. Busy month. We got Game of Thrones coming up, which I can't wait for. Dodging spoilers <laughs> left and right. Endgame. Oh, by the way, um, the, the big battle or whatever... Mm, actually, I'm not gonna say anything, cause I don't consider it a spoiler, but I don't want to ruin it. It's just a, a, a when it takes place in terms of real world dates, like what episode number it is. Do you guys consider it a spoiler for yourselves? Yeah, I don't want to know. I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted yeah, to hold. Up. I think, I think that's good of you to hold back. I didn't want to know. <laughs> it's not like I <laughs> pursued right. this information, right. but I just wanted to make sure right. um, that I didn't accidentally spoil something that you felt was a spoiler. Anyways, that's been it for episode 140. Uh, good episode. All of us are diving deep into games. Very interesting. Uh, good episode. You guys could do a little <laughs> bit better next time. Well, usually, I mean, the past couple of weeks, Dom and I have played more than you, Jordan, but I think you played more than both of us this week. So yeah, it seems to level yeah, out. I was on that. On that oh, Walking sure. Dead finished up. Yeah. Season I, nine. Dude, I, uh, like, I'll get back to it at some point, but you know, you know how I feel about the fucking Toad, so. <laughs> yeah um alpha toad so that's it for episode 140 if you guys can please follow us on youtube search controlled interests subscribe to us leave us a like um the little bell notification if you click on it it lets you know when we upload videos sometimes youtube subscription box is a little wonky doesn't always deliver subscriptions to people so it helps if you're interested in getting our videos as soon as they go up speaking of that if you also want to know when they go up uh, you can go to Twitter and follow us at CTRLINT, that's Controlled Interest Abbreviated. I tweet out all of the videos as they go live. I tweet out, I try to tweet out some stuff that's like, you know, jokey stuff depending on what the news and things like that kind of keep the account interesting so it's not just upload tweets. But even if you just want to upload tweets, they're there as well. Um, you can follow me personally at Jared underscore, you can follow Jordan at Malamotus, and you can follow Dom at Dom's Oreos. Also, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, um... Yeah, just follow us there. Leave us a review. Like I've said before, it helps with the algorithm. Even one review pushes us up the list uh, to where more people can see our podcast. And it only takes them clicking it once to listen. And uh, never do it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, if you can, please leave a review. It definitely helps. And, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week, possibly with a guest, possibly with me moving forward and being some bosses in Sekiro. Possibly with me going back to Hollow Knight thanks to Jordan continuously talking about it and making me really want to go back and finish it. Possibly with me also doing a, uh, a Arthur Morgan impersonation. We'll <laughs> Possibly. Spoiler alert. Hey, Arthur! <laughs> you getting back into Red Dead this week? <laughs> Catch you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>